This episode is brought to you by Near Country Provisions. Yep, you've heard me singing their praises for the past year now, and to answer a question I'm frequently asked, yes, I still do a little happy dance when my monthly subscription shows up at my door, on dry ice, and in an insulated bag. I want to highlight a couple aspects of Near Country that normally take the backseat to their meat quality and their impeccable local sourcing, those being affordability and customization. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the price of groceries lately, but the cost of meat, even the factory farm stuff, has been skyrocketing. But because Near Country keeps things local to the Mid-Atlantic, your meat doesn't have to travel far, and it doesn't change hands half a dozen times before it hits shelves, meaning you don't have to pay for all those markups from middlemen. Every time I do a price comparison between Near Country and the grocery store, I'm blown away by the quality that I'm getting relative to the cost. And when it comes to flexibility, I've never worked with a subscription service where I have so much control. Let's say, for example, that you've got something against pork chops. Every month, Adam and his team send around a survey that allows you to say, hey, I don't want pork chops this month, or I don't want pork chops ever again, or a more reasonable request, I'd love it if you could include pork chops in my delivery every month. Preferences change, diets change, and special requests and cuts are always on your mind at certain times of the year, and Near Country gets that. They bend over backwards to help meet your changing needs. Head over to nearcountry.com and enter the code BARCART, all one word, that's B-A-R-C-A-R-T, when you sign up for your subscription to receive two free pounds of bacon or ground beef in your first delivery. And believe me, you'll be glad that you did. Now back to the show. Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome to episode 246 of the Modern Bar Cart podcast. I'm your host, Eric Koslick. This week, I thought... I might play around with a little short format podcast as a way to encourage you to participate in our weekly Instagram polls, where we ask our cocktail community hard-hitting mixological questions, and then we share the results with you to let you know where you stand in relation to the rest of the herd. Personally, I've been thrilled with the response to these polls, and when it comes to social media platforms and their impact on my life recently... I can't really say I've been thrilled about all that much. So I figured, all right, let's try and capture some of this energy, bottle a little of this lightning here on the podcast so that we can get even more of you following along and contributing to the conversation. If you're only an occasional or casual Instagram user, if you're not glued to the thing like the rest of us, you might be thinking, hmm, I haven't really seen or heard anything about these polls, and you know what? That's okay. Honestly, Instagram would tell you it's my fault for not obsessively posting and commenting every day. But the nice thing about algorithms made by humans is they're pretty transparent and, you know, hackable. So there's a couple things you can do if you want to make sure you're catching more of our weekly polls. Over on our Instagram profile, you can, first of all, tap the little bell icon on the top right of our profile, 
and there you can turn on notifications for our posts and stories. That would get the job done right away. You'd always know when we be posting, which, as I mentioned, is not incessantly. Or, secondly, under the following button beneath our profile, so if you're following us, it's going to say following. Go ahead, click that. It's a drop-down, and you can select Add to Favorites, which would probably spare you the push notifications, but also ensure that you're seeing what we post. And then finally, if all that sounds like maybe a little more than you want to commit to, maybe just throw a few likes and comments on our recent posts, and that'll be a signal to our friendly algorithmic overlords that you're actually interested in seeing what we put out there, and you'll probably start seeing more of our stuff after you do that. This is all a slightly long-winded way of saying we'd really love to keep growing these polls to make the data we gather and share even more robust. So if you're feeling left out, please throw some hooks into our Instagram profile, and as I like to say, make your voice heard. This week's poll is going to be a little different from the ones where I ask you a question and give you a few options to choose from. This one's a little bit more open-ended, requires a bit more creativity on your part, and I'm actually going to sweeten the deal by offering some pretty neat rewards for the best responses. So listen all the way to the end. This is not a long episode if you want to hear about those possible rewards. It all started with a conversation I overheard a couple weeks ago, just walking along here in DC, minding my own business, as I do, and there was this group of young people, the Utes, as Joe Pesci would call them. Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths. Probably in their mid-twenties, just walking the other way, passing me, and one guy goes to the rest of the group, hey, did you know that a group of rats is called a mischief? It's like a murder of crows, but for rats. And my immediate thought was, if I turned a corner and saw the equivalent of a herd or a flock of rats, my gut reaction wouldn't be, oh, looks like they're up to mischief. I don't know, the term just doesn't seem serious enough. Anyway, this type of device is known as a collective noun. It's a single word, like army or forest or school, that refers to a collection of individual things, like soldiers or trees or fish, and sometimes children in the case of school. In the animal world, we know that people have had their fun with these collective nouns. And there's even a book from the 1400s called the Book of St. Albans that lists them for occupations or roles, such as a melody of harpers, a blast of hunters, and a diligence of messengers. So being that we humans have had time to play around with these fanciful collective nouns for well over 500 years now, I figured it was high time we assigned some to spirits cocktails, and those who make them. But because I'm turning this into a competition, a little playful crowdsourcing of ideas with prizes assigned for the best, I figured I'd give you a few thoughts on what makes a good collective noun to me, since I'll be judging. One prime characteristic of these words seems to be that they hit on the feeling you get when you might happen to encounter them. A murder of crows is fitting because... They're freaking ominous creatures, and something's usually dead when they all show up in a group. So murder is an excellent collective noun because it signifies both the occasion for a flock of crows gathering in one place, and the generally morbid feeling you get when witnessing that and hearing their little squawky voices. 
I like a melody of harpers as a demonstration as well, because imagine a group of harp people all show up in a room with their instruments. Do you think there's any situation in which they're not gonna try and play something? Of course not, they're harp people. They've got all their harps with them. So the term melody fits both the singular use case of somebody who plays a harp and the inevitable outcome when many of them should happen to get together. I imagine I've never been to a harp gathering. In the end, a good collective noun pulls double or even triple duty. It means something very obvious, but it also may have references to the implied group behavior of the nouns in question or something that makes them unique or special, more evocative. Let me give you a couple of booze examples that I've come up with, and then I'll tell you about the rules of this little competition we're running. The first collective noun that sprang to mind for me on the spirit side when I was pondering this question was a paradise of brandy. And on the face of it, you might be like, okay, I guess brandy's pretty tasty, but what does it have to do with paradise? Well, in cognac, the part of the cellar that holds the oldest and rarest casks, the producer's most jealously guarded eau de vie in barrels, is called a paradis, which of course is French for paradise. Pair that with the fact that what got Adam and Eve kicked out of paradise in Genesis happened to be a fruit, and, well, I think you see where I'm going with a paradise of brandy. Another one I thought up was a pearlescence of mezcal. Since traditionally mezcaleros would shake their distillate and use the bubbles that appeared as a way to judge the proof. These bubbles are colloquially referred to as las perlas, meaning pearls, so I thought a pearlescence of mezcal was both relevant and beautiful sounding. For similar reasons, you could also have an archipelago of rums, a camaraderie of vodka, and even a fiesta of tequila. On the cocktail front, I also had some decent luck thinking up collective nouns for mixed drinks, so try these on for size. An apocalypse of zombies. Pretty scary, right? Of course, a flock of jungle birds. What else would they be? A skyline of Manhattans. Maybe a little punny, but I actually really like that one. And then there's my favorite, a detention of paper planes. So from here, I'm putting the ball in your court. Once this episode goes live, I'm calling on you to think up your best collective nouns for spirits, cocktails, or the people and places that serve them. That means anything about bars, bartenders, distilleries, distillers, and pretty much anything else in the booze world is fair game. You can message us your ideas on Instagram because that's where we're going to be posting about this little game. And it's where we'll tag you to give you credit for your ideas. You can share a post or a story and tag us at Modern Bar Cart so that we can blast it out on our Instagram stories as well. Or you could take the quieter road by emailing us at podcast at modernbarcart.com with any ideas you'd like to throw into the ring. This competition will last for about a week, maybe a little less, if the responses start to taper off, and at the end, I'll pick one winner and two runners-up. The winner will receive two variety packs, a full eight-flavor set of our Embitterment Bitters, which are great holiday gifts, and the two runners-up will receive copies of the Essential Tasting Journal for Spirits and Cocktails. For this competition, I left a lot of low-hanging fruit for you guys. There's still a lot of spirits and cocktail and bar stuff that you can take and turn into a collective noun. But that's part of the trap. 
I want you to really work with this. So what I'll leave you with is a piece of advice that I learned while doing improv in college. And it's universally helpful when I'm trying to come up with creative ideas of my own. It's a notion called drop three. And generally it refers to jokes or funny responses and the process you go through trying to think of them on stage during an improv performance. The first idea that you get in any given situation, well, that's the obvious joke. So forget that, drop that. If it's obvious, it's not all that funny. The second idea, well, that's usually kind of a crutch joke, something that leans on farts or sex or profanity, but that doesn't really have the legs to be funny on its own. So you drop that too. But the third idea you think of, that's the one that requires real originality on your part because you've dropped what's obvious, you've dropped jokes that have, you know, kind of that crutch behavior, and that third joke is the one that's going to bring down the house. So don't just slide into our DMs and be like, a Rick House of Bourbon, boom, done, where's my prize? Well, fine, I get it, bourbon is kept in a Rick House, and that is where you might expect to find a large collection of bourbon, but you haven't really captured any of the culture or the feeling or the flavor experience with that term. You haven't answered the question that all great collective nouns hint at, which is, how is this group greater or more evocative than the sum of its parts. I'm Modern Barkart CEO Eric Koslick. I can't wait to see what y'all come up with for boozy collective nouns in the next week. And I hope you have a fun, imaginative time thinking them up, perhaps over your favorite dram or cocktail. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two big things you can do for us here at Modern Bar Cart. One would be to tell your friends and family if you think they'd enjoy listening to us talk about cocktails. And if they don't download podcasts, they can always stream our episodes on their desktop directly from the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. The other thing you can do to help would be to head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars are great, but we're more interested in your feedback. And the beauty is, the more reviews we have, the easier it will be for other folks out there to learn about our show. We're trying to start a cocktail revolution here, and by spreading the word, you're helping us fight the good fight. You can always reach us by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com if you're looking for cocktail or bartending advice, or if you're a pro who would like to pull up a mic and be interviewed for all to hear. Also, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Barcart for cocktail porn, recipes, and entertaining tips. And keep an eye out for new product releases and special offers, which are happening all the time. We love our listeners and we really enjoy giving you exclusive discounts and sneak peeks at our latest and greatest cocktail projects. This episode may be over, but for you, the mixological fun and adventures are just beginning. So remember folks, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. This episode was made possible with editing and sound design by Samantha Reed and a little unsolicited improv wisdom 
courtesy of yours truly. This has been a Modern Bar Cart production, copyright 2022.